Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at tmobile.com/now. Pop music's long-standing party animal Kesha is now dead set on slowing down and on speaking up. Since debuting on the hook of Flo Rida's mega hit Right Round in 2009, Kesha's released 5 albums, two of which debuted at number 1. Until very recently, she was involved in a decade-long court case with her former producer and label head. Somehow, despite that bitter legal battle and a public struggle with an eating disorder, Kesha's remained steadfast in sharing her art with her fans, who she affectionately refers to as her animals. On today's episode, I talked to Kesha about how working with Rick Rubin on her new album Gag Order provided the safe space she's longed for when making music. She also talks about how she channels Dolly Parton, Iggy Pop, and Beyonce when she's in promotion mode, and how early in her career she lived in a castle with roommate Devendra Banhart. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's my interview with Kesha. Look at you. There you are. Oh my God, here I am. There you are. Here I am. (laughs) <laughs> I'm nobody. I am also nobody. Well, that's not true based on what I've what I heard from this album. I was just listening to the episode with Andre last night. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, so good. It's a great episode. It made me feel so good. <laughs> not good, <laughs> yeah. but I, like it made me feel good about myself, I guess, which is the beauty of sharing intimate parts of your mind. It made you feel like seen, you know? Yeah. Right? yeah. And also not alone, which I feel like yeah. is the goal in making art. Was there any particular part of it that resonated? Like the entire thing, just his ability to be so vulnerable about and like really transparent about where he was at when they recorded that was hopeful, especially the part about imposter syndrome and feeling like sometimes just 
when you have this hole inside of you, you focus on the goal of making something great. And then when you make it, that hole is going to be filled. And then when you do make it and like by the grace of God, and I'm so grateful. And so at the risk of sounding like an asshole, because I am grateful and I don't want to ever sound like I'm not, but when you achieve success, thinking that's going to fix you and it doesn't, then you're kind of left at the top of a mountain, like alone, lonely, still broken, but accomplished. Yeah. Accomplished, alone? <laughs> accomplished alone. And like, you've exercised all the resources you thought were going to fix you. Mm. So I just relate to that. Like not every day, but when I have those moments, you feel so alone in that and it's scary. It's sad. It's lonely. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How long into your career did it take for that feeling to sort of make its way <laughs> into your it's funny because like i think it actually is helpful that i have these insecurities that i sing about on the record and that i am pretty transparent about now in my life mm -hmm. i've never really felt that feeling of i'm on top of the world even when mm -hmm. i had the number one album in the country even when my song broke records i felt like it was all weird luck and I never had that feeling of like walking into a room and being like, suck my dick, bitches. <laughs> like, I wish I had a moment of that because looking back, I'm like, fuck, I should have at least had like a year of being a narcissistic asshole. And I missed it. This is always awkward. We met the day actually <laughs> you met Rick. Oh, my God. The day uh, you met wait, Rick. We ended, we're walking on the beach in Malibu. Yes. Uh, for doing a separate interview for something different. But... Yeah, you had just met with Rick. <laughs> we were talking and it was a good vibe. But even then, I didn't want to. It's always weird to tell someone like when you've met them. But I met you like pre-TikTok oh, Kesha. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> no, it's really I'm not a bad story. It was just. It was, going. No, it was just it was great. It was Coachella 2007 or 8. Okay. And I was at the back of a tent watching Devandra Banhart uh -huh. and a blonde girl and a brunette of some, I don't, but just oh, nondescript, yeah. don't remember, came up. <laughs> I think we were all probably inebriated, but I remember no, you're-, you're me. Maybe not you. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I won't. I, well. <laughs> I won't, you know, I won't put, you, put, put your business out there like that. But your, your friend was like, do you know who this is? <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I, no, like, I, I have no- <laughs> No clue. That's a good friend right there. I don't remember this particular exchange, but I do remember going to see Devendra Banhart. And I ended up sharing the same house with him in Laurel Canyon at one point. Wow. But there were so many rooms. The place was like a castle that I don't think we ever even met. There were like 12 rooms in this house or like 10 rooms. And I would come home and I think he shot a music video in the living room on my couch. And I like came in and it was just like a very, it's a very sexy group of individuals like on my couch. And I was like, the fuck is going on here? But sounds magical. It was a magical time. But like your story checks out. Is there like a worse part? To no, it? no, there's no bad part to it. It only, it just, it, it, you having said that there was never a part in time in your life where you feel like you arrived and some of your honesty on the record about it 
it reminded me of that time because it was I remember your friend saying that her being like this is Kesha she sings on the Flow Rider song Right Round and I was like looking at you thinking about this song I was like there's no way this is the same person but I remembered your name and then like years later or a year or two later TikTok came out and I remember you were kind of like it was like you were off to the races but I'm blasted off into outer space even in that moment though it you didn't really seem super comfortable <laughs> being like yeah I'm Kesha of Right round fame was like your friend was really she was, boosting that's you. A very, very that's a good friend, and I'm lucky to like be surrounded by awesome women that we always like build each other up and like have each other's backs. And you say I've never felt comfortable in that role, but I don't think I've just ever felt super comfortable. Period. Like mm. ever in my entire life, in life. which is I mean, have you? had like a elongated period of time where you've just felt super comfy. I'm starting to now and I'm worried <laughs> that that means something. Oh, that's so nice. That's a, that gives me hope. It gives me hope, but it also gives me anxiety because it, it does feel like maybe the other shoes about to drop on some level and I should be prepared and I'm not. No, what if it's about... what if you just earned it? What, what if? But but then yeah, how long if? can that last? How long can it last until you know? Well, getting comfortable. Life's pretty, getting comfortable. Life's pretty short. Just like take in the good. When you get the good, you have to let it in as much as you do the bad. That's something I'm trying to exercise on a daily basis. It's a fair point. Like I I sometimes I don't know if this is the same with everybody or it's just like my special concoction of brain cells. But when I see, I can see like a hundred thousand positives and the one negative thing will be the thing I I keep with me and convert to being the voice of my higher power in my head. Yeah. And so I'm really working on kind of what you just said. If it's good, just let it be good. Let it be good. Yeah. yeah. Without worrying too much. What I mean, early on, what was it early in life that made you not feel so comfortable? Like what I have a core memory of playing a song to High school, all school was fucking miserable for me also, yes. by the way. So I have a theory, which I'm not sure if this checks out. So like, don't quote me on it. But if you are doing great in school, you're fucked the rest of your life. Like if you have the best time in school, hundred, you're, you're good. If you have a shitty time in school, you have to forever. I feel like there's this need to prove those motherfuckers wrong. It's probably I true. think a lot of our lives are like shaped by the experiences that we have. All of it. We think we are who we are because we're making conscious decisions day after day, day in, day out to be who we want to be. But, you know, you're right. M more often than not, it's it's based on unconsciously things that have happened and sets us on these totally. courses that you sometimes can't, you know, whatever you can't. There's no turning back. Well, and I have you ever had this thought? I always think, what would my style of music, of taste and clothing, of everything, what would that have been like if that one, like all the men I've been in love with, the like unrequited love where they didn't love me back. I just so wonder if they had loved me back, if I would have ever become the person I was wearing the things I wore just to try to be hot for that dude's whose name I don't remember. So being like trapped in that that stage, like you just would have never, yeah, gone past that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fair because you you know, especially early in life, relationships tend to work out to be like 
these these things that kind of prevent growth. <laughs> you know, I think hopefully as you evolve and you get older in life, relationships become like you can kind of grow as individuals, you know, ideally, right? But yeah, yeah like you kind of like it, it stunts your growth way or, like early on, you know? Well, it can stunt it or just shape it. Or shape it. You know, it, like yeah. the my first severe love was somebody who was really into punk music. And because of that, I started listening to the Stooges and now I have a Stooges tattoo and I've done a song with Iggy Pop. Like, would I have ever done any of that if I didn't have a crush on a guy that I knew, quote, liked punk music on his MySpace profile? I don't know. <laughs> I miss MySpace. I'm, I mean, probably not. Probably not. You know, who knows? We wouldn't have gotten to Iggy, but that's that's amazing. Iggy is one of the smartest people I have ever met, I think. He's iconic. I actually have like a like the holy trinity of people I pray to when I get an interview question and I'm like, okay, it's either like, okay, how do I answer this? Like really sincerely and kind and genuine and speak from the heart. Then I channel Dolly Parton. If I'm like, okay, now's the time to be a little cunt. Then I'm like, okay, I channel Iggy. And then when I'm like, when you're just like above it all and you just like are the most powerful bitch in the world, then I'm Beyonce. Ooh, Beyonce. I was curious who we were going to pick. Yeah. Beyonce. I mean, look, we, we all fell in love with Beyonce, but I'm, like, when for you particular, where, where in the journey did you? I think the self-titled <laughs> album with the pink, I think it's just called Beyonce. Honestly, I'm not even like, I don't have like every album that I play all the time. It was the feeling I felt when I heard the album. It's like black with her name yep, in pink. the one from 2013, yeah. When I first heard that album, my goal in life was to, because she started in super pop, like me. Yeah. And I feel like she has fully embodied the power of who she motherfucking is. Yeah. And I am in no means comparing myself to Beyonce. It's just somebody that I try to channel when I don't know how to respond to something. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just always felt a little bit different. I went to school in Nashville. I was born in the Valley and my mom was like a single mom, made music and we moved to Nashville. And I just remember from the earliest stages of going to school, I went to a Catholic school and all the boys were wearing shorts and all the girls had to wear skirts. And I remember getting in trouble and I got sent to like the head nun's office because I wore the boys outfit. And just since I was at like six years old, I would be like, if the boys can do it, why can't I do it? And nobody yeah. really had an answer. I got my hand slapped and then sent back to class. So I still have not gotten the answer from anyone. No one has given me the answer. If the boys can do it, why can't I do it? That is uh, <laughs> hotly debated still <laughs> at the moment. Uh, it's a, and it's a great question, and and it's probably there's no good answer. You know, there's no. Good I don't answer think there is. I don't think there's a good answer. Like I've gone down all the rabbit holes in my mind. I haven't figured out the answer. But even then, I I always wondered like, why do you want to push? Yeah. Why do you have to find a boundary and push? But I just, if it doesn't make sense to me, I don't understand the concept of just shutting the fuck up. And like, it is what it is, which is something Rick hmm. Rubin, who I did this record with, he said that to me a couple of times and it, it like blew my mind. It is what it is. It's just like, what are you going to argue with with that? It is what it is. He would just, I would 
be freaking out about something and he would just like laugh and say, it is what it is. And I am still trying to like reach that level of acceptance just in life. It is what it is. Did any of that, it is what it is, did any of that, you know, that ethos, did that like find its way into your creative process throughout the making of the record? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm like pretty accustomed to being a control freak as much as I can be. And with Rick kind of just like laughing, it is what it is. We didn't film the first month of recording because I was just an emotional, beyond emotional wreck. Mm. Like it was really scary to me. He's only the second producer I've ever done an album with. Yeah. And so I was just so... I felt so scared that he was going to quit. And I kept just like obsessively asking him if he quits projects a lot. And if he thinks he's going to quit my project, because I felt so nervous that I wasn't going to be able to deliver the goods. And he was just so patient and so kind. I mean, you know, he's an amazing human. He's so great. It was such a great influence on my life, but I have kind of taken in that it is what it is. I made what I consider to be the most proud thing I've ever made with Rick. I'm the most proud of this, of anything that I've ever made my entire life. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's a classic. And if people are going to sleep on that, that's not my problem. I hope not. It's really good. I mean, the last two records you made were great too. Like from a, a listener's perspective, from the audience perspective, it seemed like even those records were like a big growth period for you too. Like just hearing your vocal more, you know, it just felt like, oh, wow. Like you're, you're really like you're singing, like this person can sing. So I got kind of used to having auto-tune as this crutch. Cause I was like, no, no, no. It's like, I need my medicine. Like, or I'm not going to be able to live. Right. Like oh, yeah. this is, this is my life force and my music. I have to have the auto tune and Rick like weaned me off. It was like a detoxing program with Rick with the auto tune. I swear <laughs> to God, I would cry and be like, no, please give me the auto tune. And he's like, I don't know how else to tell you that you don't need it. And like, I still am getting used to that idea. Like it's, it's been shocking to me that you st- still feel like you might. Need- I mean, you're a great singer. Thank you. And also like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I am. And it makes me sad. Cause like we were talking about before, sometimes you just remember that one comment, you know, there's comments that I think even if you move past, I mean, they're just going to stick with you. There's certain comments that it's just offhanded comments. People don't even realize what they're doing. You know, they say something. Yeah. I've had family members say things to me as a kid that I, you know, I still, I still think about it. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm deficient in this particular way. Cause someone just yeah. said it one day randomly, you know, not even, they don't remember it. I'm sure, you know, they probably have no recollection of it. And those things almost help define who you become. Because yeah. as people, we're just an amalgamation of all of our experiences, all the sounds we've heard, all the records yeah. we've heard, you know, like everything's a ripoff because we heard it somewhere. Yeah. Like, I really think our brains are just like our dreams. Our dreams just interpolate what we've experienced. Mm. And it's the same with making music. It's like, I'm just dreaming. It's kind of like, I don't know what's coming out. It's just a dream, but it's a mashup of something I must have heard with something else I must have heard and something else I must have heard. Yeah. The sort of like affirmations or or, or sort of just like this, the samples from sort of like 
you know, some are spiritual leaders. There's a a, a magician in there. There's kind of just like these great. He's a wizard. A wizard, not a magician. Excuse, me, I didn't. Was there a difference? Oh my god! Yes, there's a difference. A magician. I don't actually know the technical reason they're different, but I'm pretty sure wizards <laughs> are like are more powerful. Well, more power. Well, it depends. Actually, that's a good question. But we should ask the fans. What do you think's more powerful, a wizard or magician? Or a musician. Or, yeah. I don't know. Cast your votes. <laughs> <laughs> and you have it sampled. You have a, a wizard sampled mm -hmm. into uh, into the beat. And like uh, uh, some other spiritual leaders. And it's it, it, yeah. it, it, it helps frame the listening experience in like a really beautiful way, you know? Because you're dealing with really, I mean, just from the title alone, you kind of know it's going to be an intense listen from just the title yeah. gag order. And, and it, and it <laughs> proves, proves to be, you know? It is an intense listen. And we had kind of talked about what we were going to call it. It was initially going to be called Eat the Acid. And as much as I love that song, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Like it's a really special song, but I was afraid that that would maybe play into this whole party girl persona that I have been so desperately trying to recover from because I realized America doesn't understand irony in mass. So ever since then, I have to be really careful. Anytime I mention any kind of substance, even if I'm joking, it's like, it's going to follow me until I'm far beyond when I'm dead. Like, that's what I'm going to be remembered for. So I was like, I don't know. If a, maybe, it. you know, there's a lot of time to, you know, if that's not what you want. <laughs> a ton I of don't want to be remembered as the ch chick that liked to party. It could be like she was really fun when she did party. Yeah. And there's all these other facets to her character. And you can, you know, yeah. And partying is now secondary to I'm fun as fuck. Like, sue me. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and then come back with more of my interview with Kesha. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with the Apple Pay purchases. And... 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with more from Kesha. When did you write Eat the Acid? Okay, so Eat the Acid, I forget the date, but that was during lockdown. So I was upstairs. This is my house. So I was upstairs and I was just having like this intensive anxiety because I think when you do what I do, you are like off to the races and you have very little time to sleep or do much of anything else besides maintain that this thing you fought so hard for and dedicated your life to is sustaining life. So that happened for 12 years. So lockdown was the first time I was in one place for more than two weeks, probably in over a decade. So everyone had a tough time and I am, I'm very grateful and I have a lot of privilege and I want to acknowledge that, but it was really mentally a fucking nightmare is almost unbearable. Yeah. Just because when you dedicate your life to something and then you have built this whole castle around this idea of what your purpose is and what is, and then it's disintegrating in front of you. I really felt like I was having a psychotic break. So watching these illusions kind of fall left and right and realizing that if I never made a song again, if I never went on tour again, if I just like cease to exist, I'm not sure anybody would care like, and that freaked me out. Like people would care. It would be like a TMZ article, but like, and my family would care. My friends would care. And I know my fans, my fans would care, but like in large part, knowing that if something happened to you and it would become just like a news story for 20 minutes and fade, then you start to be like, well, what have I risked and sacrificed everything for? I've missed so many birthdays. I miss so many moments with my family. I miss my godson being born. Like all of these things, all of this time that I'm never going to get back. And what did I sacrifice it for? Like for a number one song, like who fucking cares? So like, it's going to make me emotional because it's, I'm never going to have that time back. And that like still fucks with me. Yeah. But I then kind of like, with the help of Rick, like I re-fell in love with music and like why I started loving it in the first place, why I started making it in the first place, why I have to make it. And I started feeling like it doesn't matter what anybody else would say. You're important to yourself. So this like falling in love with myself dynamic, Rick really helped encourage. And I always, when people would say, love yourself, it's like, yeah, of course, love yourself, love yourself, promote, love yourself. But it felt so corny to actually practice self-love and like sit and roll my eyes at myself. And then like, (laughs) 
and then do it. And I started realizing that that's where my passion and lust for life came back from Mm. is like actually giving a shit about myself. With that renewed sense of love for yourself, I mean, do you feel like you can kind of integrate your life and your art and your career better? I hope so. We'll see. Like, this album is so fucking special to me. I feel like it encapsulates me becoming who I am and like really being reborn in a way that I never kind of knew was possible. And to capture that audibly to capture a process of going through like a spiritual awakening and ego death, really difficult mental obstacles, digging through the trash of my past Mm. and reemerging on the other side. And to capture that on a microphone felt so fucking scary. Yeah. When Rick, when we started working, Rick was like, let's film it. And I was like, I just can't, I just can't. And so at the end I got really sad and I was like, fuck, we should have filmed this. And he said, it is what it is. And so I was like, you know what? He's right. It is what, what are you going to do? It is what it is. Making a record is documenting something. but And it sounds like this record didn't just document a particular phase of your life. Like it documented like a particularly like impactful phase in your life. Like the mics were rolling at the right time to get. They were rolling at the most vulnerable times. Like there are moments on the record that are hard for me to listen to if I'm not in the right headspace. Living in my head was really, really hard to make. But that was Rick's like favorite song. What in particular in that is hard for you to hear or made it hard to make? Just listening to this ideation of non-existence and talking about my insecurities and how it, you know, I don't think it's just in music, but it's very prevalent in entertainment. But I think it's kind of everywhere. As a woman, I feel like there's a lot of need to compare yourself. Hmm. And I talk about that in the song. I talk about how lonely I feel inside of my head and how sometimes I just want someone to hold my hand while I walk through it in there. And, you know, he's not paying me to say this. So, but like Rick was the one that like said like, okay, I'm going to hold your hand while we walk through this together. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing. And I have no idea if people are going to like it or listen to it. I have no fucking idea. I hope they do because I think it will help certain people that relate to what I'm saying. Yeah. But in terms of like chart numbers and wanting to be the the dick swinging motherfucker that walks into the room, I think I'm just too old for that anyways, sadly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, come on. Look at look at yeah. Mick still walking around with his with his dick swinging. Dick swinging? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Maybe Ow. I'm going to start walking around with my dick swinging. As long as Never I ever start old. getting out of hand, somebody I'm shoot sure, me a text. I'm sure Rick will. Oh, yeah, Rick, sure Rick will tell me. I'll pull you in. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about the, like, the, from, like, sort of the creation story of this record. From, like, how did it come together? Like, what did oh, you bring yes. to Rick that first day you met Rick? The first day I met Rick, I played him a bunch of demos that were like not very good. I will forever remember him where I was like, Rick, you told me to play you everything. And I was like, no, this song is not, I don't like the song. You told me to play you everything. And then I played the song in about 30 seconds and he just started like crying, laughing. And I was like, okay that was the nicest way anyone ever told me that they hate my song before <laughs> i was like 
All right, that's really embarrassing. Next song. So they were not good songs, but we talked a lot about spirituality through the process of this album. And he knew that I'm a seeker and kind of on the journey to, I don't know, just be in touch with their power of some sort. And that's what we end up really bonding over. Did anything from that first batch of demos you played them make the record? Like any facet of those songs or any? One. One did. Hate Me Harder. Wow. That's, I like that. Hate one. Me Harder. But, but the song leaked. The, the original demo leaked like a couple years ago. And I was disappointed because I was like, that's not the incarnation I wanted people to hear. But he took this like very poppy kind of happy sounding anthem song and turned it into this really powerful ballad, strong defiant thing so he made it a whole different animal one of the many geniuses of him he said he's like the song like you put different clothes on it different genres we would try yeah. one song and make it a ballad and then we would make it a disco song and just see which one we liked better. did you ever settle on a particular feel for a song in that process that you were positive maybe you wouldn't like like was there ever an instance where you're like oh we'll try this song like kind of like a gospel song but i don't know that's really gonna work but you were convinced I honestly, I just kind of like when you're in the presence of a master, I think a really important tool is knowing what you're good at and also knowing what you're not good at Mm. and surrounding yourself with people that are good at the things you know you're not good at. So having like this like beautiful experience and getting to sit in the same room with Rick, I was just like, Honestly, I'm down to try whatever. Like I was yeah. game, which I think hopefully, I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but I think it was fun for him too, because I was like, sure, let's try, let's try dropping it like 20 BPM, drop the key, slow it down, change the chords. Like I was here for the whole experience. That's great. Hate Me Harder was an idea. So you kind of have that, but I mean, you, you're kind of also starting from scratch. So what was... It was scratch. And then it was at the end of a song, he heard me starting to sing living in my head. Cause I was at the session and I had a lot personally going on that day, just with other, another department of my life. And I started just having an anxiety attack thinking about the, the phone call I was just going to make. So I was leaving. I just kind of mumbled into a mic like this, like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm so fucking insecure. So we listened to the whole song and that little tiny part at the end ended up being living in my head. And he was like, that, that's real. I want to start with that. So there were like little tiny pieces, I guess, thinking back, but Hate Me Hard, it was the only song in its entirety. But Eat the Acid, I don't think I ever even played. I actually don't remember. Potentially, now that I'm thinking back, he may have heard Eat the Acid, but it was so different. But he just took everything off of everything. Like the production all went away and it was rebuilt. Yeah. But Eat the Acid was kind of like the foundation of the album. That was when I was sitting upstairs having this, like what I perceived to be a psychotic break, but turned out, according to my therapist, to be a spiritual awakening. So that was the song I wrote the next day after that. I guess to go back to the, the story you're telling, you're sort of in this dark period, start of first couple of weeks of, of lockdown. And you're feeling like you're having a psychotic break in that that same sort of instance you talked to your therapist? Oh, I talked to her the next day. 
the next Honey. day. I was like, <laughs> not playing I, around. <laughs> I, I was like, genuinely was like, okay, it happened. Now what do I do? Yeah. And it was like the first week, I would say it's the first weeks, maybe first months were the most intense of lockdown. I don't remember the exact date. Like it was somewhere between March, June, somewhere, somewhere in those months is when that happened. So this experience happened. I felt like I had a conversation with God, who was really funny, it turns out. Um, it's good to know. I'm so happy to hear that. Thank God. Like, great Literally. sense of humor. Thank God. That, that fool. And, <laughs> and it was so scary that I just, like, woke up the next day and got, like, I was, like, genuinely scared. I can laugh about it now because I've had some distance, but Jesus Christ, I was so scared. And then... After she told me that, she's like, just lean into it. It was all very casual. I was like, okay. So then I got on a Zoom with my mom and Stuart Crichton. And I was like, we have to write a song about how I thought I was losing my mind. But I think I saw illusion of what is fall. And I realized what love is. And the only thing that can save us as a society is love. And there were all these like seeds of what the album was going to be, but it had to start with eat the acid because my mom told me when I was young to never take acid. So to this day, I've never taken acid. You've never taken acid? No. I've never taken acid. I'm terrified of it. I mean, me, me too. I'm, Why are you terrified? Uh, because I have, I have mental, mental illness in my family. I'm just scared I'm going to turn out. Like, you know, have like a break, you know, mushrooms, other things, fine. But uh, also just too long, I'm, too long. I'm like, you know, it's five, six, seven hours of my time. I feel like we would really get along like off camera as well, honestly, because I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's like, you know, I could, you know, if I, noon, cool. And then I can have dinner and be like re good to go. Great, you know. And still get like sleep. Yeah, I don't yeah. get, I like the idea of getting just like, a, like feeling a little naughty, like have a glass of wine, and then I'm like, okay, I like I like keeping the anchor of stability because I have to. And that's the control, yeah, probably part it's, of you, the, right? Totally. I think I cling very, very aggressively to what I can, which I'm currently in the process of trying to to loosen the grip because. We're not really in control of much, no, actually. No, and that's out. another illusion. That's yeah. another illusion yeah. I'm trying to get rid of. We have to pause for another quick break, and then we'll be back with more from Kesha. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. 
The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back with the rest of my interview with Kesha. And I love the outro, too. I actually wanted to ask you about that. In the next life, I want to come back as a house cat. Like, that melody. I don't know. Did it come from something? It did, but I want to know what the melody reminds you of first. It remi- I don't know. It reminds me of one of those, like, ethereal, like, 50s songs, you know? Oh. Like, Earth Angel or something. I don't know why. Like, it just reminds me of, like, a doo early R&B, always been in existence one of those songs you know oh cute i love that that's totally not what the inspiration was do you want to know what it is yeah or should i just let you live with your fantasy of what I'll, it is? I'll revert back to my, my okay, fantasy, okay but i do want to know so the end so the drama i wanted to have one song that is kind of poking fun at the fact that like we as humans love drama i mm. think it is, I don't know if it's the culture. I don't know if it's just part of being a human or maybe it's just me, but people fucking love drama. They love bad news. It's clickbait. Like everybody loves it in their own vein. Like I think about how sports teams, is that just so you can have a team and they fight each other and then there's drama? Like the real housewives of Beverly Hills, drama. Politics to a large part, sadly, now becoming more about drama i don't think that's right i think politics should be about politics but so i wanted to kind of compile a song that sounded like the psychosis of what the world and what like scrolling through tiktok feels like to me it feels genuinely so deranged sometimes where you're like, hee hee hee, I'm dancing. Oh my God. Like that yeah. constant flow of noise and chaos. I wanted the song to be about that. And then the outro, I wanted it. Have you ever been to Disneyland? Yes, I have. Okay. So the house cat, which I wrote with Kurt Vile, is for me supposed to sound like when you're going on the water ride. 
the, the one you're in like the log the log ride yeah. i don't know what it's called yeah. so you're going up and you're passing all these like really cute little characters and there's like a wolf and it's a wolf is singing in the corner and he has a cauldron for a bunch of bunnies and it's so cute but it's actually really fucked up like there's a wolf boiling bunnies alive <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and and echoing while you're going you're going up the hill and there's these songs going and they start getting faster and then they go start getting fat and you start hearing the screams of children and i wanted the end of the song to sound like that like the screaming of children no like <laughs> the <laughs> no the ride okay i got you hold on the whole <laughs> like derang- the experience yeah. of the deranged moment of the water ride at disney when you haven't yet reached the top yeah but you're about to free fall i love that yeah why am i i love that i'm attracted to the song that's modeled (laughs) after the deranged experience of scrolling tiktok and and you know the bizarre world of fairy tales screaming children (laughs) it's such a good song though thank you yeah and there's a couple of um it's a couple of moments too of uh because i mean you know we, we said there's like you know obviously it's like a, it's a heavy listen but it's a couple of songs that are like really nice reprieves from kind of like those more tense moments like about halfway through all i need is you yeah and then and then happy at the end i mean it's, it's a great closer thank you it's a beautiful song thank you i really have such protective feeling you know i don't have kids that are human i have animals so it's like it's the only thing i can compare it to is how i feel protective or of like when i'm hanging out with my brother's kids like that's how i feel about that song yeah i feel i feel very like maternally protective over that because i know that once you've spent your life chasing all the things i've chased and accomplishing a lot of them failing miserably and embarrassingly in front of a lot of people over mm. and over and over buying nice houses going on the vacations having the hit songs having the not hit songs the glory and the humiliation after i had this experience i told you about i walked out of this album realizing that now that i've trudged through the not only sad it's not only sad it's just a really contemplative album and there's moments of fun there's moments of joy there's moments of anger there's moments of surprise totally there's moments of what were you surprised about just certain changes in song like really like to be honest there's certain changes in song the brief interludes like all of a sudden uh ram das is in my ear or you know it's like oh you know it just took me to places i wasn't wasn't expecting good yeah i always wonder if like if people are bummed when an artist flips the sonic script on them because at a point you become something that people go to for escapism for me i feel like a lot of people have previously come to me for escapism which i think is an incredibly important thing for humans but so putting out this record i'm just curious if people like when artists do really drastically different stuff it's, it's hard to say like you know like i'm sure you have like super fans from the very beginning and they probably oh, yeah. want just that same formula but i do think that even if you gave that fan the same thing over and over 
they say they want it, but they'd probably become bored of it. And then they well, probably use this. it against you. You know, it's like you can't win with some people, right? Well, I think my like actually surprisingly, my super ride or die fans, my animals, they're so oh. here for the evolution. It's more, I think, people that maybe have heard a song or two of mine, only saw a picture or two of me and a video or two, and then they're like, the fuck are you doing? Like I kind of mm. felt like I had to work through the right to make an album like this. But then uh, that's when I would channel Beyonce. Yeah. Thinking about that album I told you about. And I was like, she just like made it a piece of amazing art that encapsulates who she is. I feel and hear who this woman is. I want to do that. Well, this album's like kind of locked me in to Kesha, you know, like I'm, I'm not like, I have was, you been converted? I'm nearly animal. I'm nearly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Let's so, go. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I might end up there. I would say I was a casual listener before and like, but this album is like one of those ones that I think if you really like music warrants like a couple of like deep listens, you know, it's, it's sequenced beautifully produced beautifully it's written beautifully you sound great on it thank you you know it's like bits and pieces of things that i think have come out on other albums and it's like it's like all of it finally all those things that were great in these little moments and it's like oh it's now this is all this is the complete thing this is it's all there you know that that was my experience listening thank you i'm gonna just accept i'm gonna take in the good i love it i worked really fucking hard on this and i know rick did too and yeah so i'm gonna take in the good and so i know he loves you. the record too wait i want to finish one sentence because i go on tangents that i didn't finish and then my manager's going like yeah let's yeah, yeah, yeah. go i can carry on for a second but my cat has to go to the vet mm, that's important i wrote all i need is you about him really so oh yeah wow that's beautiful i have a necklace with his little name on it what's his name Mr. Peeps. Mr. Peeps. <laughs> I love it. What a lucky cat that, you know. <laughs> Is Mr. Peeps okay? Yes. Let me say bye to him. Hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Tell, tell me that you'll live forever. <laughs> Mr. Peeps. <laughs> Mr. Peeps. I think that I had to channel the most sincere pure love i could think of and rick was like write it about the love you have for yourself and i was like honey we're not there yet yeah 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 but we're gonna start with mr peeps that's like when i do my loving kindness meditations and you know they ask you to think about it easy love like nothing complicated my mom always goes to my mom's dog you know it's just like, cause it's like how can you, you just can't it's like the most goofy little dog with like one tooth and you're just like yeah i can you know it's like how can you hate a creature like that you can't it's impossible it's impossible but it's like humans are very hateable yeah yeah like one wrong sentence and you could just hate somebody yeah, it's it's it, we're not we're so complicated, man. There's just so much room for misunderstanding and heartbreak and heartache and disappointment, you know, and the way that others treat us impact the way that we treat others. It's just like it's a fucked up cycle, you know. Well, and <laughs> who we are and what we've experienced can mismatch with who someone else is and their experience, and it's not even an intentionally hateful or negative person or 
it's just a negative dynamic of a particular two energies coming together. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yep. a lot of times if I dislike someone, I don't hate them. I am sad for what they're either reflecting onto me hmm. or I'm sad for what they're going through. Because usually I found that when people are hateful to me, people that don't know me, mm-hmm. I find that I become a mirror at times, which has become a big part of my job is becoming the mirror and being okay with being the mirror. And sometimes people want to punch the fucking mirror, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you long been that and you just are realizing it or is this like a recent sort of? I think like there's an element of always, if you're like, you don't have to be a singer that puts out records and lots of people know just anybody on Instagram. Like if you're putting your life out there, people are going to, if you're in a bad mood and you feel bad about yourself and you're on your period and you're breaking out and you're breaking up and like your mom is sick, like there's no way you could look at a picture of someone having the time of their life and be like, yes, really. I mean, maybe some people can, but like at particular moments in time, I have a hard time just not making that photo about myself. Yes, I know what you mean. Like someone else's experience, I then internalize and make it about myself. Where they are, they're creating the experience, not even not thinking about you, not concerned, no. not even you're not even in the thought process of it, but it becomes personal for you because, yeah, yeah, going through shit. Or if you feel really good and you see that same picture, then you're like, "Fuck yeah, eat it up, live your life." So yeah, I yeah. think it's just yeah, people are complicated. It's like the Osho says, man, you got to eliminate jealousy. <laughs> I think that like I finally overcome that mountain. For me, the jealousy was just always thinking that I wasn't good enough. So that's where the self-love kind of kicked mm. in and really helped. Yeah. Because I really think everything and everyone is perfect without comparison. Comparison is uh, it's a thief, you know? It is. Absolutely. Is that a famous quote or did you just make that up? I believe it's a quote. No, I did not make that up. I believe it's a quote. That's brilliant. When especially like I've I've grown up in a sphere of pop music. That's my history. That is not my present and that's not my future necessarily. I don't know. But growing up when the years of people would be in college, but like going to an award show and then you get lined up and people pick like their favorite butt like they're the craziest things that i've experienced and i can laugh about it now but at the time it was really hard to like they would line up multiple women's bodies and just compare like nose to nose lips to lips arm to arm breast to breast ass to ass like who has the best and if you could make the hottest woman which of each of these women would you put together and things like that were just you know, that definitely took a toll. It turned into a, a really severe eating disorder because I didn't, that's all I could control. I felt like, wow. thank God I'm in a place right now. I'm just like, I'm really hot. So it's fine. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm so glad you're in a, a good place personally and musically and, and that yeah, you've sort excited. of, you've, you've found what you want to do. The first, the, the first song of like the, you know, this is it. It's funny that you say you found what I want to do. I actually have no idea what I want to do. 
like this very well might be the last song on the last album I ever put out. I don't know. Mm. I'm letting, I've let go of the control of what I think should happen. I'm allowing what is going to happen, happen. And I'm going to work really, really hard to facilitate safe spaces for all people. That's all I know what I want to do. And I'm not sure exactly what that means, but you know, for the summer, that means a tour and we'll see where that goes. I'm sure your tour will be a safe space for everyone. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. It's okay. so fun. You should come. You'll have a great time. I, I will, I'll come out. I'm going to be, I'll be there. The Palladium. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Kesha, thank you so much. Thanks for letting me ramble. Yeah. Thank you. Go, go take care of Mr. Peeps. Thank you. Cool. It was really nice to talk to you. Yeah. Same. Thanks to Kesha for delving into her artistic evolution and how that influenced the making of her new album, Gag Order. You can hear Gag Order along with all of our favorite Kesha songs on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast where you can find all of our new episodes. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Tolliday, Nisha Venkut, Jordan McMillan, and Eric Sandler. Our editor is Sophie Crane. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription service that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for only $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com to start a new musical journey today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.